0: Programming, like I think it is one of the closest things to being a wizard that like I've encountered.
1: We always forget to do the intros, so we should (laughs) we should do that. Yeah. Okay. I'm Charlie. I'm Oz.
0: I'm Grant. Hey, Grant. How are you? you are you going to just like splice this to the beginning? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, don't be fooled. This is happening at the end of the conversation. Um, you know I can cut that out too. I'm sure you can, but if I keep saying it, then you'll just cut that out too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Grant, who are you? Who am I? God, I'm still figuring that out, man. Uh, I, uh, I'm i a software engineer at Stripe. Um, I studied economics. I worked with Oz and Miles. Taught myself a bunch of... Computer science stuff. Um, play music. Yeah. Which
2: um, team did you end up on? Or what team were you on?
0: Yeah, so uh, still on the same team that I was on um, when I joined. It's called Ruby Application Infrastructure. Okay. It's just like uh, a subsidiary of Developer Productivity. Okay. Um, I think we have like 800 engineers now at Stripe. Okay. Half of them write Ruby. Those are my customers.
2: Okay. What what are the kind of tools and stuff you're building?
0: Yeah, so um, there. So some people on my team work on the static type checker, the survey. sorbet. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's uh, things adjacent to that um, editor integrations, uh, sort of integrating that into uh, other parts of our. build system, um, like using it for code intelligence and other places, Um, but like I think broadly our team is like you'd say we're responsible for just like scaling Ruby at Stripe, so I mean it spans from like um, application level work to support people who run Ruby services, Um, but it also includes like language level um, things like
2: rules. Static analysis tools. Mm. Um, you guys are using like the off-the-shelf? See implementation of Kubernetes yeah. Interpreter? Yeah.
0: yeah, which we just upgraded. Like that's something that's something your team's responsible for, yeah. or yeah, yeah. So like that, yeah, yeah. Um, making sure that like that is up to date and like securely, you know, provisioned and built and signed, etc. Um, uh, but yeah, we're just using the off-the-shelf MRI with. I think in some places, uh, a different memory allocator. I think depending on
1: what is MRI.
0: Uh, The is it main Ruby implementation? I think it's Matt's Matt's, Matt's. Matt like Matthew or something. Matt's
2: the guy who Matt. Okay. uh,
0: Okay. Matt's Natsu the 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 inventor. Nice. So um. Do you like Ruby? Um, you know, I think so. I, I did not know Ruby before I took this job. Did they know that? Uh, yes. Okay. Actually, I would say that at least half of my team, maybe not half, it wasn't half, but like, a few people on my team uh, are like, angry. like, didn't know Ruby Ruby beforehand. Like, there are definitely plenty of um, like, product engineers who like know the language better than people on our team. Yeah. Um, but I think like yeah, it takes a very like different approach from Python, right? Which is very much like one way to do everything, um, be very explicit all the time. Ruby is very much do whatever you want, like give you the tools to shoot yourself in the foot if you want. Um, but I think it is I think it is a sharper tool in the hands of like a team that knows what it's doing. I think it's like much more flexible. But I think if you don't have the discipline, either from like a cultural, just like experience perspective or like the tooling to support that discipline, then, um, I think it can get really messy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's probably why my team exists to just like help. When we you joined, like, how, how fleshed out was that as a team or a
1: concept when you were joining? Uh,
0: I think uh, the concept I'd say my team was fairly well established. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've about doubled since I joined, um, and like, four hundred engineers writing Ruby is like enough. Where you're probably going to be like, okay, we need to sort of rein this in, and make this a little bit right. exactly more consistent. Um, so I think, yeah, it was it was fairly well established. I'd say the biggest thing uh, since I've joined is uh, this new static type checker, and just like, and just like trying to leverage that everywhere we can. Um, uh, I'd say that's probably the, the biggest difference in one's experience writing Ruby that's right compared to anyone.
1: yeah what's adoption been like for that like were, were you guys using it internally for a while some decision was made to put it external like yeah. has GitHub started using it or some other big Ruby places yeah I
0: mean like um, you know, I'm sure you could probably glean this from like the pull requests on the I mean so and I say that because I, I I'm pretty sure it's not like privileged information but there are definitely large Ruby shops using this I think like we were working with Coinbase for a while um, before we open sourced it to work out the kings basically which is like hey try to adopt this we'll help you let us know how it goes we did it with a number of companies Um, I think now like yeah I I think uh, external adoption like the big big Ruby shops I know of who like don't already have one of their own I think are generally
2: interesting. yeah, yeah. cool I, that makes sense. I gotta say I did not expect this as a trend static type checking other than my list of things <laughs> that like, yeah. see in the future but like TypeScript yeah. taking off yeah. I also didn't anticipate Microsoft being seen in a positive a paragon you know, yeah people love VS Code yeah the propaganda is strong uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah between that um, type annotations in, in Python and. Yeah. You know, types and entering into a lot of dynamic languages. Mm-hmm. I mean, Flow types I, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. whatever, PyTorch, whatever. that's
0: something different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like it, yeah, from like a, if you've got a web company, um, it makes a lot of sense maybe to start off with something fairly loose. Once you just yeah. sort of like, Uh, bolt-on types as you go and sort of like once you get your abstractions right like solidify them Mm -hmm. a little bit more um, gradually I think I think like making it gradual was definitely a key like design consideration from the start yeah so So when you were thinking about joining Stripe was it like I want to get into uh, like deeper into like a specific language or like what was going through your head Um, it's actually interesting I think like at the time I was pretty interested in uh, trying to work on something like as, uh, I like guess basically get as low level as I could get. I was looking at some um, sort of like firmware engineering jobs, uh, you know, jobs at companies that um, were making hardware products. Uh, and I think Stripe ended up ended up going to Stripe mostly, I think, for the opportunity to just work with some very senior people. I got a chance to be on this team. Everyone's, like, way more experienced than me. they have been around the block. they have done some cool stuff. uh, And I was like, well, maybe there's, like, you know, it's my second engineering job. There's probably a lot that I don't know that I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's turned out to be true (laughs) uh, for sure. So uh, I think now, yeah, I'm definitely, like, in a much better position to do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's what eventually kind of pulled me Hold me to Stripe, I didn't have anything like specific that I wanted to work on. That's right, yeah. Um, it was just like you know, I, there are some really good people here, yeah. and I'm gonna work with them, and it's cool,
1: yeah. So. I was just, um, I saw Stripe released like a product or two in the last couple of days, like a yeah. corporate card and uh, some other thing last week. And I just remember working at, the, at a place where we didn't have a design resource, so it was basically <laughs> as, soon, as soon as Stripe comes <laughs> out with a new yeah. thing, I'm like okay here's some gradients I can use uh, yeah. For CSS <laughs> uh,
2: yeah they do
0: a fantastic job uh, it's pretty awesome yeah and their their little section of the office is by far the coolest to, Like part office, like if you go visit the design pod they've got like all of these toys and oh my god uh, yeah and just like arts and crafts and scraps and things to play with
1: well it feels like Stripe has it's like sort of like a experimental, almost like lab, Bell Labsian type approach. They've got like Stripe Press where they're like doing printing. I saw they're like hired someone to buy like handle their carbon offsets and things like that. And it's kind of cool that um, I wouldn't call it like the natural monopoly that Bell was in the like you know most of last century. But it's kind of cool to have this sort of like infrastructure level company for the internet and then that being able to like spawn off a bunch of different projects yeah like is that is there an ethos
0: of experimentation i mean i think that the you know i think the co-founders are like very much committed to the idea of increasing the gdp of the internet Mm -hmm. like a big part of that i think is um being a thought leader right and like uh trying to like increase access to knowledge that you think is important um, lessons that you learned I think like if you look at the publications that Stripe Press has put out I think it's all very well aligned with like the fundamental mission of the company and like the goals of the Um, co-founders it's like an argument for increasing economic activity generally Um, it's a stubborn attachments to that account's book Um, sort of like the philosophical case for uh, just like maintaining political and economic stability and growth over the long term um, uh, and then like uh, you know uh, like the increment sort of the magazine oh we, yeah that we published I mean that's like much more tactical just like here here's some articles about testing um, uh, I think that's the most recent issue uh, security um, programming languages. it's like how do we how do we just like make people better at um,
2: software businesses. Yeah. The important thing about that is that now the Dream Machine, right. which is the best computer history book uh, ever written, is back <laughs> in, in print. print. Yeah. Yeah. For a, for a while, it was like you could only buy a secondhand copy for like two hundred bucks or this something. This is lighter Yeah, the lighter book. Yeah. Yeah, and Patrick Carlson bought the rights uh, very early on the, the print rights, and I believe he was doing just like. Uh, I small print runs for his friends, it's like a genie almost. Uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> just like, Who has you know. the movie rights? <laughs> uh, well, hopefully him. Yeah, It'd yeah. be great. It'd be great to, to a movie. Yeah. I should have brought some copies. Actually, I didn't think about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If he has one, I, don't, I I've never turned out anything. It's a beautiful edition too. I mean, it's like it's it's a yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful. Um, You've read it, like artifact. I've read the first like fifty pages. Okay. I think nice, uh, and then like started. I don't know. Yeah. That was like back in the time of my life when I didn't know what podcasts were and I discovered them. I was like, oh, this is, this is easier than reading on Bart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've been reading, uh,
1: I've been walking to work. We just moved offices and I, for whatever reason, I picked up like gigantic tomes and I'm like walking reading this, <gasps> like am, dude. hitting people's dogs and stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's
2: yeah. problematic.
0: For, for, for people who can't see, that's it uh, by Stephen King, um, which is. Like five inches, <laughs> Someone said, "Hey, this is the
1: shape. No book should be this shape. It's like yeah. it's like a brick." Yeah. But I try to do something where every October I read a scary book because I I hate scary movies. I don't like scary things, but I'm like, this is how I'm pushing myself. How do you feel about scary
0: books? I noticed that you're maybe not all, like all that far. Well, life. I just started this morning, oh. so I have like an hour
2: walk, so oh. I got like seventy pages in. Wait, well, you walk and read at the yeah. same time. In San Francisco, yeah, the, the, the... I know you have to
1: constantly be glancing up and down, and
0: yeah, 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 constantly. Yeah, <laughs> 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 no, it, it works most of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, pretty freaky so far. Already. Yeah, I'm with you. I um, I don't watch horror movies, but I read all the plot synopses on IMDb. Why? Why do you want to? It's fascinating. I think I, like, part of me wants to know what people think up. Um, part of me is like interested in maybe getting the thrill but like mediated through like my ability to visualize it <laughs> yeah. and like not through <laughs> some like really not like jump scares yeah. yeah. What was the last scary movie you saw? I mean I like was it accidental? Um I yeah. Um I mean I probably I probably repressed that memory. Hmm. Um but there was definitely a recent
2: accidental horror movie that I can't make. Got it. Um what I'm most curious about, Grant, is uh your transition from you know, product engineering to uh, doing more systems work, supporting other engineers—is yeah. it what are you hoping for? Um, I think you know.
0: I'm trying to think about what my hopes were. Um, I think like all of all of the hopes that I had oh. with respect to working at a place with. Like, a, like a, a very solid engineering organization and culture, like Stripe, I think all of ho- those hopes have come to fruition. Um, I, I think, and that was really the only hope, and I guess also expectation that I had going to Stripe. Um, I think, you know, I've I, as I mentioned, like I was sort of planning on doing some like more low level, yeah, work. Um, and. Uh, I think originally my sort of reasoning there was that, well, um, if I start at the bottom and work my way up, like, I think I'll have a much better sort of, like, you know, thorough grasp of things. Right. Um, And I've definitely run into, you know, issues at work where um, something comes up, uh, like, you know, a box is running out of memory for reasons Mm -hmm. that, like, aren't immediately clear. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm able to orient myself and, you know, start poking in the right places. But, um, you know, I certainly run into bugs that I cannot fix. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I have a
1: similar, like, <laughs> craving in terms of, I don't know if it's, like, a comic or something. But, like, with enough time and enough rocks and water, like, I could make exactly. a computer right. on a desert island or something. Or you've seen people do it on, like, Minecraft. Yeah. Right. And, like, I, I want that. And I, some part of me's like, I need... In- I can't do anything else until I can make a computer out of Minecraft, <laughs> right. which is definitely not the approach. But you're right; like, there's What are the things you can extract that like will enable these other things? At the mm-hmm. same time, like, if, if that's what you want to do, that's awesome too. Mm-hmm.
0: But I think that's a good. I mean, I think yeah, you captured it. Like, I do have that tendency, right? And I have that tendency to like, to like, feel that I can't do the thing until I understand it from the bottom, and like, sometimes that has helped me, but most of the time it means that
1: really should uh, it, do you feel that in any other element of your life like
0: driving a car oh you're yeah like, you like I need to take apart this car in order to <laughs> it. Um, I think it's uh, I think this tendency in me definitely pervades like it, it I think like unrestrained I will like apply it to everything I do it I've had to just like get older and like notice the times when it causes problems for me for me to start to um, deal with it, uh, so like now I'm like much better at being like, you know what, I don't need to know that. <laughs> like, I'm gonna just use this thing. Um, maybe it doesn't even do what I want all the time, but I'm not gonna. You know, I, I, I'm not gonna spend the time now to um, to, to try and, and, and like uh, understand it. From did you,
1: so. I kind of looked at your LinkedIn a little bit, but mm-hmm. did you take time off between maybe your first engineering role and this one
0: to? Explore and dig in in some way. Yeah. And so what that there? like, yeah. um, I think that uh, so that time off that I took was immediately after spending time with Oz and Miles going through their first like sabbatical program here, and um, I think that was really the first time that I'd uh, dived into a lot of these like more fundamental computing concepts. Right. I think like before that experience, my knowledge of computing, like, stopped at Python. It's just, like, anything below that. Um, I hadn't even really heard of um, before, so. Uh, we kind of covered a lot in that time, and, um, you know, I feel like we we moved relatively quickly. And, 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 like, after that experience, I was just like, well, I have a much, um, uh, like, wider, Idea of what's out there, and like, uh, I know many more things that I uh, don't know. So, was this so,
1: this was like a guided version of Teach Yourself th- th-
2: This was in the very early days. We did a full time uh, program that was like, do you remember, was it ten weeks? Over? Yeah,
0: something ten weeks.
2: Yeah, the idea being like take the intensity of a, of a boot camp, but apply to actual computer science. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had mostly boot camp grads. We had like a recent high school grad. Um, yeah. Work like that. And it was like... Everyone's going course. through
1: the same curriculum or folks are picking their pet areas of interest?
2: At, at the beginning, everyone was doing the same thing. And then over time, people kind of found the projects that they liked working on and dedicated more of their attention to that.
1: Okay. So this was the like recurse center type thing, but
2: maybe more guided. It was more guided. The uh, the more parts of the day were like direct instruction from from Miles and myself. Yeah, um, but there was there was plenty of like working on a project as well. Cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a bit of both. I mean, and I think after that experience, uh, I uh, had no commitments. Um, I had never like been like really free to do whatever I wanted to in my life like up until that point which like now is a pretty crazy thing to think about but like really up until that point in my life I had just been in school or working
1: yeah you're on the train yeah you got put on the train in preschool and you're you're like oh what's next this 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 this. this." how did you feel like
0: you could jump off in the first place like because you had worked as a software engineer for a while yeah for a little over a year at that point um I think you know I think like I think choosing to take a leave from that first job um, which was at a place called Clover Health to go and work with Thousand Miles, mm-hmm. I think like that was when uh, I, I think, made that decision for myself and, like, gave myself permission to, um, like, spend my time how I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and originally I was going to actually return from that spatter.
2: by myself and like yeah.
0: and just hang out and, and learn some stuff and you know try a little bit um, so it's actually a pretty easy decision like once I um sort of given myself that permission.
1: Did you consider like after the sabbatical like, doing something else other than software engineering like maybe I'm going to like dig into some other subject or was it just I need to figure out what I need to do within software engineering
0: or firmware or whatever Yeah at the time I think um, my interests I was pretty focused yeah I I, I wasn't really thinking about much else. It was like I've been I've been given this, you know, a sort of like um, an outline of this domain, maybe like a uh, like a, a low resolution map, and I wanted to go and um, add some detail. Yeah, and do a lot of hiking. You do a fair amount of hiking. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of traveling. Um, just yeah whatever I want to do. It's <laughs> so, amazing. You just like do whatever you want every day.
1: <laughs> How long did that last? Like, why did you stop doing that? Because um, you need
0: food. Yeah, I ran out of money. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I, I made it a little over a year, just like living off of savings, eating beans and quinoa and kale, almost exclusively power foods and yeah. eggs. Yeah. Um, and and really not doing much else. Just like. So what areas did you, like, focus on in that weird exploratory? Mm -hmm. Not weird, but... Yeah, Um, I'd say the big areas were operating systems, uh, programming languages, um, uh, and data structures, algorithms to some extent. Um, I wanted to do some more computer networking work Mm -hmm. in there, um, but didn't end up getting around to that.
2: So, when you started interviewing, uh, did anyone blink at the fact that you would taken a year off? Like, what did, really what nice. did you tell them? What was their response?
0: Um, I think, I think I'm, I mean, I think truly, like, I was, I think I like, did a fair amount. I, I'm pretty proud of, like, what I got done in that time. I think if I were to do it again, I think I'd be able to use my time more efficiently now. But... Um, I got a fair amount done, and like had code to show for it, and um, I think that, in addition to I think being like relatively good at talking about myself and just like explaining why I did this, mm-hmm. and, like what I got out of it, I think those two things basically meant that. Um, I think any anyone I told that story to, they were just like really excited. <laughs> it's awesome. What, what was an example of a thing that you showed them? Um, Yeah, so uh, I'm trying to think of a specific example of like showing someone something. Um, uh, We, so there was that ray tracer class, I think, that Avik had here, um, which like had the nice property of like, you know, the final output of that was like a very sort of convincing image of, yeah, some like, (laughs) right, some like, Spheres and you know, some lighting, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and and you can sort of, yeah, just like got to take a screenshot and put that in the readme, and um, and yeah, so that had the visual aspect to it. But I think, um, uh, you know, for I like worked on a little toy kernel and um, a small toy compiler, uh, the artifacts of those projects were just the GitHub repos, mm-hmm. um, so really. Send a link to that and be like, "Well, here's proof of what I did." Um, uh, you can like compile it and run it if you want. Um, it's not gonna do a whole lot. I don't know if anyone actually did that. So, did
2: you like show the folk at Stripe your compiler, and that was a part of the conversation of ending up on the like the Ruby support team?
0: I think I definitely,
2: I I,
0: I definitely included links to them in like every cover letter that I wrote, oh, okay. and like probably in my resume too. I can go back and take a look. Um, I don't know if anybody at Stripe actually looked at it. Uh, I know that I talked about it in when uh, in, I in the interviewed there. Um, they have an interview where you just kind of talk about like your experience, basically your past and your future, um, and you know, that definitely that definitely came up. Um, but I would not be surprised if, like, in the entirety of my interviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like I think just like I mean I I you know from the perspective of someone who interviews candidates now and like looks at resumes, um I think just like knowing that someone is motivated and interested enough to learn these things on their own. And also like uh does not fall into the trap of just reading and like not doing any any implementation Practical whatsoever, stuff whatsoever. Yeah. Right. Um is a huge like is a huge so uh, and I don't need
2: to go like look at the re- like the re- to, to know that. So y- your computer science education has been uh, well hacker actor if that counts yeah and then hey I said computer science yes, so, yeah okay uh, and then <laughs> I about it okay right. so let's say let's say you your computer science and software engineering. Education. Sure, yes. Hack Reactor, about a year of work experience doing mostly web stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, no Bradfield, like 10 12 weeks of full time Bradfield. And then a year of self study. Uh, How how do you now feel this compares to someone who has like a conventional four year CS uh, education? Like for instance, someone that you might interview from a school. Mm. Um
0: I think I can yeah, I mean it probably depends on the work. Uh I've man, I've interviewed I've interviewed CS degree holders like of astounding like variations in ability. Like Mm. I've definitely been very surprised
2: at how much and at how little. What what's the like I'm very curious now what's the like interquartile range like if, if you... <laughs> um like I know that there are outliers who you know already at the age of 18 before they even started MIT mm-hmm. would be employable anywhere yeah. and then also people who like didn't really do a CS degree right. or they just like got the CS major at the end by some bureaucratic mistake <laughs> uh, that's what <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean I've definitely uh, interviewed
0: people who strike me as that um, um and, like, that's the case that I find myself wondering about, is, like, uh, they got this, it's, like, they got this Berkeley EECS degree, mm. like, a supposedly very prestigious and, like, very well-known um, CS program, uh, but, like, uh, they're having, like, lots of trouble either, like, implementing very simple things or even describing very simple things.
1: Um, but do you think you're still stamped with non-traditional? Or is... As your last couple years at Stripe, like pulled you out of that
0: that sort of cast. You know, um, there are definitely. I think in my area of the org, no, or I mean, in my area of the org, I I don't think that um, I don't think anybody thinks about the fact that I do not have a degree. There is at least one other person. Uh, there's definitely a work at stripe that um, is pretty much done exclusively by people with CS degrees, like from specific institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, these are also people who would probably be doing that work regardless of where they went to school. Um, so, I think that for the kind of work I do.
1: I was wondering. Um, this goes back to you, sort of on your own for the year. How did you guide yourself in terms of I'm going to work on building a toy kernel yeah. for today, mm-hmm. and then tomorrow I'm going to do this, or like how did you think about stru- like how unstructured versus structured was your uh,
0: sabbatical? Yeah, um, I think on a like week to week and like month to month basis, like fairly structured. I think I uh, I knew that I wanted to. Learn more about operating systems. I knew that I wanted to learn more about programming languages, how they're designed, how they're implemented, um, and so I kind of had a rough idea of topics that I wanted to hit, uh, and you know had some guidance from just like going online, looking at courses, and just like reading what's on the syllabus.
1: Did you have like an accountability buddy or an you know, Obi Wan Kenobi hmm. guide style thing? No, maybe
0: it was Oz. No, <laughs> no, no. Part of me wanted to see if I could do it without one. Mm -hmm. For me, that I thought of that as sort of a litmus test. Like, if I really need an accountability buddy, like maybe this is not for me. Like, maybe I'm not as interested in this as um, I might be in something else. That's cool. Uh, I I don't know if that like would work for everybody. I had the privilege of like basically having no demands on my and I think that's pretty rare, and like that's partly why I wanted to take that opportunity because like,
1: you know, how many times do you get that? Um, Where did you do your work? Were you at your apartment? You yeah. didn't like? Did you put on? You stay in pajamas
0: all day? Like, what was your? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah dude. I. Yep. I. Like, I was in an apartment in uh, in in between Coal Valley and the Heat. Yeah. Uh, and I was just basically in pajamas, and like when it got cold, we didn't, you know, we didn't have like heating. Yeah, just like I always think of the
1: forgetting Sarah Marshall scene where he's at home for the week and just eating the giant thing of uh, (laughs) cereal out of that huge bowl. Yeah, that's so great.
0: Basically, my life except uh, the bowl was filled with quinoa and beans. Yeah, and you didn't Um, come up
1: with a Muppet-based musical about vampires, unless Unless you you did. did.
0: I would have Uh, (laughs) (laughs) if I wasn't programming all the time. Yeah, yeah, totally. It it was. Yeah, I, I was just like. On my own, I, mean, I had I had two roommates at the time, yeah, um, and so I didn't go crazy. Were they working just, full time? They were working, okay. Um, uh, but yeah, otherwise I was on my own by design. Um, I think both as, you know, both from like a desire to just be totally free and and, and you know not have any demands on my time, but also as a test of like what. What do I do, and what happens when I'm left to my own devices completely? Yeah. Um, uh, Like, do I actually maintain momentum and like interest in the subject?
1: Yeah, you eliminate all excuses, right? Right. Right. That's cool. Do you think that another sabbatical is in your future, or (laughs) not? I'm not saying like imminently to anyone listening to this, but (laughs) it's more
0: just like that. Clearly, was effective uh, for you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. It is it's such a luxury. Um I I one hundred percent I will do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some point. Um you know uh and and I think I think I would like make something very good with that time. And I think a lot of people sort of feel like, oh no, I need to have like, a job or I need someone I need like a place to be at a like, consistent. But I think it's maybe easier than a lot of people think to, to, to discover what you know you're interested in. And, and yeah, to spend time on those things. Also, have you sabbaticaled?
2: Are you on a sabbatical right now? Uh, but my life is gradually turning into <laughs> sabbatical, which is which is lovely. Uh, but um, the closest thing that I did was straight after school, I, um, I tried to start a company uh, in Scarecourts uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, uh, it was actually like an online education platform, sort of kind of a cool. circle. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like my version of this was like first thing that I did was I go I went and incorporated because you know I felt yeah. like that was the most progress to do. And then I spent six months programming without showing anybody what I was working on or talking to anybody. Yeah. And um uh, then kind of got bored of it the moment I had to try and convince some other person to use it and so uh, what ended up being was like six months of just learning new technologies and, uh, and building stuff and being creative and um, that uh, that led directly to my first full time job as a, as a software engineer um, you know, basically because of the people who I showed them, the thing that I was working on and um, that was like an accidental sabbatical. You America studied math, right? It was after your yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did some computer science as part of uh, as part of that, but my major was was pure mathematics. Yeah. And then law school happened. Law school happened at the same time. Uh, so uh, in Australia, uh, there's a kind of it's called combined law. You basically do graduate law concurrently with your with your undergrad over five years. So I did that yeah. The first few race of my life, <laughs> that fifth year, yeah, yeah the, 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 entire the entire doing the doing the two together because you're effectively doing two and a half years of both. Is it English style law? Like, are you a barrister with a wig and things like that? Uh, I'm I'm not you know, personally right now. Yeah. Uh, it, it is the common law system. Yeah, yeah. So there are there are barristers that come out of that, and they do wear wigs and so on. Okay, yeah. Nice. It, common law is excruciating by the way uh, I mean the US is also a common law system it's not like it's not like Europe where they try to codify all all the laws and there's there's somewhat of a a place that you can go to to understand what the law is in common law systems you need to read um, past cases and the judges are interpreting laws and they've been doing this for literally 800 years or something like that and um it's totally illogical. Like, doesn't make makes sense at all. At least with the Civil War system, in, in trying to put it all in one book, <laughs> yeah, they are at least confronted with the fact that yeah. there are constant contradictions Well, as a citizen, how are you expected to know what the laws are in common law? Oh, you're not. you're, you're, not, you, well, yeah, you're yeah. just
1: supposed to abide by, like, the golden rule. You know, like, I, how am I supposed to know if I go into a given state that this isn't or isn't allowed or not? Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. I have okay. absolutely no idea. I mean, the lawyers barely have any idea. Like, uh, if you're a lawyer in one area... It's unlikely that you're going to have the law in another. Um, so you know that's not that's not really what the law is about. But what's excruciating about it is that uh, I had to make that decision as a 16 year old, a 17 year old finishing high school, um, and everyone told me the law was logical, and I felt like yeah. I wanted to be oh, I like somewhere that was not yeah. software, but it was logical. Yeah. And then you get there, and it's like, well, this judge said X, but this other judge said in some circumstances not X and then this other judge who contradicted both of them but he was allowed to do that but as a consequence subsequent judges are not allowed to do the other thing and you just keep it's a lot out. of if statements yeah. yeah yeah. well I mean if there were just a, bu- a bunch of if statements that all made sense together that oh, we're yeah, hearing, yeah, of it would be yeah. okay but uh, they just
1: non-deterministic yeah. non-deterministic yeah,
2: non-deterministic. yeah. yeah. Um, this is kind okay, of we really off topic here but uh, you know, someone started you started it <laughs> Uh, it, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, uh, fingers are being pointed. Oz, out. your it's, path uh, uh,
1: is interesting though, like because we're talking about like I think all of us no, or none of us here studied CS directly in college, but then like Grant in your case, like it sounds like one or two years out, you're like, oh my god, this is this entire new area that maybe if I had gone back, maybe <laughs> I would have been a CS major instead of I don't know whatever you were.
0: Maybe I'm I'm not convinced of that just yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? uh I um I think I personally and you know, I think this one's like I think people get all sorts of different things out of college. Mm-hmm. Um but well, like college is very good for me purely in terms of like a identity formation, like a community, like community formation perspective. I think I like I like went to some um uh, in hindsight I guess just like as a high school or middle school like uh, was not in very like, um, I think like intellectual communities. Uh, and I just thought that th- that was the way the world was. Uh, and I got to college and I, um, met a lot of incredible, but also like, like-minded and like interested people. Um, and that was the first time I was like among people like that. And I think like I did a fairly light degree. Um, the economics degree is, like, one of the, um, uh, like, uh, shortest, I guess, majors at Pomona, um if I remember correctly. And that left a lot of time for other stuff. I thought that was, so. like, really valuable for me. and So I don't know if I would change that. Um, but, like, maybe if I'd gone, I don't know, maybe if I'd, like, found that kind of community as a younger person and, like, had a better idea of what I was interested mm-hmm. in.
2: It's very interesting to me that you could find an adequate substitute for the learning part of college by <laughs> sitting in your pyjamas eating beans and around, <laughs> Not talking to other people and like, just like writing an, an operating system kernel on a compiler. Yeah. But you cannot imagine yourself finding a substitute for the social and like um, personal growth aspects of an American college, a liberalized college.
0: Yeah, I think it's... Mm. I mean, I, I've spent maybe... I spent a good amount of my time post college, you know, the last like five and a half years, trying to replicate bits of that experience. Yeah, I think like like being in the same place, doing the same thing as a bunch of people who, um, you know, ideally uh, are like you know good at stuff, or at least you know, curious and interested, and in, and and like are there to learn and are there to meet people. I think being in that environment. Where you have that, and a bunch of people who ideally are like excited about nurturing um, that community, I think is uh, uh, I don't, yeah, it's really hard to replicate. Mm. Like that's that's just that's what college because they're not it's quite, best. Like, are
1: they? They're not quite your friends. Cause, no, I'm just this like sort of like idealized group of people because it's kind of nice in my mind to like in this thing that we're describing. New people come and go, and they bounce. It's almost like a club rather than a group of friends, which like adults don't yeah. really have clubs as easily as they have. Like, oh, this is folks we're getting dinner
0: with this week or something. Uh, I mean, are you, are you saying that like like the other students at your college like are not necessarily? Yeah, yeah. So and, the you know? thing about
1: college is you're kind of thrown into this thing, and you're mm-hmm. all in this oh, mixing okay. pot together. Yeah, and then you have this weird shared experience that you're going through. Yeah, adults don't really have that unless you're yeah. like um, you're explicitly trying to like curate your living experience to be like that because I know that there's folks in San Francisco who live in like large houses where there's like mm-hmm. 20 residents and they like have group dinners and group meetings and those folks are like going to an extreme to create that sort of like mixing melting pot type mm-hmm. thing right. but if you're not doing that well, I don't, it's kind of hard maybe it's work exactly. yeah. Yeah, yeah it's jobs where people
2: spend too so much time in the office yeah Yeah. But
0: I think there's I mean it feels to me like there's a lot of that in the Bay Area um, people who are not from here coming here to work in technology and like sort of using work to fill that void, whether or not they realize it. Oh,
1: oh, totally. My first job in tech in New York, we had like Friday night, they'd finally roll the kegs into the office and we'd Mm. be like salivating from like noon onwards. And then we'd be hanging out there till like, you know, 2 a.m. or something. This is just like, this is your cult that you join. And a lot of companies tried to do that um, and then I've heard recently that some, I don't know who this was, but it's like, your company isn't your family. It can be, but you should also like, your company should support you having a family outside of this. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, as far as that company goes, it was like some of my best friends are from that too, yeah. so it's hard can to, work.
2: For sure, yeah. yeah so that begs the question, if you did not go to liberal arts college, if you, as an 18 year old, uh, went to work for a cult like technology company, would you have gone the same thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm presuming there were other people like that there as well so like, that you weren't that weird concerned. aberration yeah
0: right um yeah I mean I think that's like you know when when like younger relatives or um uh, or, or people who are or in this position to think about college or you know going to work for um, a software company uh I think like what i'm always curious about is um like is this is this like a sufficiently like developed personality <laughs> like
2: um, uh like well if you give them 4 years to <laughs> develop it right. that's like cause, you know you didn't right. you didn't develop your personality instantly when you showed up at the company right of course but like what would have happened
0: if i spent this 4 years in a company um yeah i mean i it's hard to say i know of exactly uh, two people who have made that choice who uh, forewent college to work for companies. Um, and I've yet to follow up. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I can't say. Maybe, yeah, like theoretically, I, I would imagine, of course, it's probably possible to do the opposite of what I did, right? Um, go deep on skills employable skills first uh, and then at some point you know spend all your time probably wouldn't be in your pajamas at home but like spend a year like learning how to i don't know figure out like what your values are and like and like learning what kind of people you like gravitate to and like who you want your friends to be um, i guess like the challenge is that, that as we mentioned like i think um it it's it's hard to you, you like need to be in an environment where like everyone is at that stage i think yeah. i think it's i think it's it seems much less feasible to me to just like decide as an adult that um you like want this for yourself because like everyone's already done that you know like the timing is, is an issue um,
1: yeah i even like that at certain jobs where i'd have a cohort of people like all starting on the same day um my first jobs were at like investment banking and you like explicitly have a cohort and you're like it's almost yeah. like just college continued you're like a first year analyst a yeah. second year analyst and there's that shared shared sense of like we literally have no idea what we're doing mm-hmm. and you grow based on that which is really nice yeah it's like this does exist
0: in places yeah that's good to hear
1: <laughs> how, how do you think about like you, we talked a little bit about like uh, sabbatical in the future like what are the what are the things you're like interested
0: in now and like yeah. how are you how are you exploring that um so these days uh a lot of my free time goes to music. Um and uh people uh, so my parents recently moved to the Bay Area. They were in Boston for a while. Cool. Uh, so now we like live in the same place again. This is the first time that we've um lived in the same region with me being an adult. And I think that's like uh it's it's novel. I didn't expect it to be as novel as it is. Um, but, like, I think our relationship is, like, changing for the better. That's awesome. My yeah. folks are on the East Coast, too. Yeah. And my fiancés are as well. Yeah. How'd so you,
1: how'd you convince, convince them?
0: them? Oh, they, uh, no, I did not. You didn't have <laughs> yeah, they were very much, <laughs> 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 it was very much a push-up. Um, they, I think it was always sort of the plan for them. They want to be near me. Yeah. Uh, I'm the only one they've got. I'm an only child, so um I think they they basically as soon as the opportunity presented itself, they jumped at it. Awesome.
1: Um Are you performing music
0: or is it just teaching yourself an instrument? Yeah, these days, uh I've so I've like performed in the past. Um I've been musical my whole life but like mostly uh kind of on the side. Um you know, played an instrument as a child as like many second generation Asian immigrants do uh, but it was like all group sort of memorization and mm-hmm. so um, I'm at the point now where actually like, you know I'm, I'm like in a similar spot where I was with software probably uh, um, like a, you know, a year and a half ago where I've got some experience with it um, uh, but want to know a little bit more about how it works um, <clears throat> sort of peek under some of the abstractions and so uh, more recently it's just like learning theory yeah, um, yeah. I mean getting <laughs> the books uh, um, and then sort of being mindful about like uh, also just like producing as much as I can just like playing every chance I get what's your instrument of choice uh, these days I spend most of my time on the piano yeah. um, I also play guitar uh, but I uh, have a keyboard in my room for the first time my life. uh played piano when I was a child, but um, so it's like been a while. It's kind of like going back to um, uh, to friend actually, uh, mm-hmm. and that's, that's been true. really nice. I, I, that's most I spend time I want to learn piano so bad, dude. It's uh, you know I think that the quality of like online music curriculum generally is like a lot lower than the quality of online software curriculum. Okay, but like with piano specifically, there's a lot of good content can it's you like on YouTube you okay yeah yeah you can
1: literally learn anything there yeah, yeah so I I had guitar lessons in like 7th 8th grade ninth grade and stuff and it mostly amounted to this guy Matt O'Ray. he was like the, he looked like Stevie Ray Vaughan what a so, name oh my god he's awesome and he'd come up to my room and he just like tune my guitar and I just asked him about his life. I was like, (laughs) what's up man? And we like literally, we'd have like, oh he's like, we got 10 minutes left, what do you wanna learn? I was like, "Uh, some Green Day song. He like transcribes like three power chords and leaves and so I never got good. And to this day I can basically only play like power chords and I can read tab, but I I just need to learn how to read sheet music because when I see a piano, like you don't wanna be guitar guy in in, like a place, but like (laughs) if you can play like a Christmas
2: tune or something on piano, yeah. It'd be so satisfying. I mean, you can make millions just playing power chords. That's true. And yeah. you got good at asking questions. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I think that's probably Matt
1: matter is the coolest. I ran <laughs> I into remember. him. I ran into him <laughs> like two, three years ago in my hometown. I was like, Matt, it's me. And he, had, he didn't remember. <laughs> so Matt, if you're listening, I still remember you.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you played that Green Day song for him, I think you were so, yeah. Oh, God.
1: His, <laughs> his memories of like that. He's like, this guy, he won Guitar World guitar, like, guitar world World is a guitar store. There's one on like Van Ness and stuff, but it's all over. And he won like rising blues musician of the year. So this guy, this guy wails. Yeah. And then I come in and it's like, can you teach me like,
0: uh, when I come around he's like, Oh God. Yeah. 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 Actually, you know, I'll just let you keep asking questions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Please send send me my, um, I'd love some like recommendations on the piano. I mean, my mom's been, uh, Going through, my mom's been teaching herself piano. And this yeah. is like she started from like scratch, I and mean, she never played any instrument or did anything. Any musical in her whole life, but um, she retired about a year ago, and uh, yeah, got a piano and has mm-hmm. been just teaching herself through YouTube. Um, have you so she have you tried to uh,
1: like make an app for her to learn or something? Have you connected <laughs> the dots? Like, oh, mom, I can program
0: the <laughs> best curriculum. Um, you know, she seems to be doing pretty well. <laughs> with the uh, with her teacher. You know, I haven't I that impulse never came up. And I, I i think in part it was probably because like I was really excited about the idea of her like getting to know this teacher. Um and uh who's like also an older Asian lady. Um I think they from what I hear they get along really well. Yeah. Um and I I want them to be friends, so <laughs> I don't want to automate. Her. Good. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's like where I've spent a lot of my free time recently. I think like who knows what a future sabbatical would entail. I like um, yeah, there there are definitely things in the realm of software um, computing that I I really want to dig into, um, and honestly, if I
1: is it still on the low
0: level side like where what are the things that are recently I mean like so years? I think probably the first thing I would dig into um, is networking uh, that I think is an, an area of my work that comes up like somewhat consistently um, that I just wish I understood better mm-hmm. I think like we have a fairly complex um, setup, uh, and like uh, you know a lot of it is a lot of like what um, is like you know, a lot of the complexity is type specific, um, but I think that there are like, yeah, some fundamental things that these principles that like uh, I think go a long way to help me, helping me just like rock all that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I think a, a future sabbatical would probably entail a little bit of both. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also want to, like, I, I think you know, once I master both of those things, uh, yeah. then I'm gonna. Do you cook for yourself now? Not well, yeah, um, but uh, occasionally, um, Stripe feeds me very well, Uh, and I eat a lot, so I think it's like um, a a a good sort of um, it's a good match. (laughs) I'm getting my money's worth. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) when I cook for myself, I I don't do a great job of it, but like uh, I I think I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Have you thought about baking bread? I tried that, so that's one thing that I did in my pajamas when I was unemployed. Uh, uh, and like, never, never got like a baking scale, and so I think it was just like. Just so that's key, right? The scale, because my friend yeah. just gave
1: me like a piece of his starter, and it's now in my fridge, and I don't really know what to do. And he says mm-hmm. you have to buy, you have to buy a scale. It has yeah. to be like perfect.
0: You know, I think in hindsight, like I think I was like maybe frustrated at just having to like compare everything. I like convert everything from uh from like mass to volume uh, all the time because all I had was measuring cups. Uh, so I, you know, I think yes, you like need it to like get consistent results. But like also, if you're doing the sourdough stuff, like you gotta control like the humidity and temperature of like mm-hmm. your entire environment. And like,
2: see, that's surprising that's to not... me because people have been making bread for a very long time. Yeah, right. Than, like yeah. they figured it out. I mean, I and think... it was definitely not a precise measurement and stuff. And I think
0: maybe they just got, like, um, well, yeah, who knows? I don't know. I, I, I think, like, like, elite bakers would have you believe this. And I think that you can just, like, even if you're doing the sourdough stuff, just, like, make some bread. And then, like, sometimes it'll turn out a little bit like, dense. Like <laughs> but but uh, it's still going to be bread. It's still going to be better than, like, most of the shit you get in store. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So. I'll report back to on how this goes uh, connect words. Yes. I do. I now have to mark
1: this as explicit.
0: All right. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be worth
2: it. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, by no. the way, every episode has been explicit so yeah, far. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's, good. that's good. What was the cast that you had in mind? Oh, I think I, um, give us a good Oh, it's already too late. Yeah. Yeah, I told totally It already me. went by. Okay. Um, I thought, I thought you were asking us so that you could not like. Yeah. Use your favorite curse. For this,
0: li- no, for listeners at home who missed it, um, I said shit a second ago, and I and I feel kind of bad about it. What, what was it in reference to? Um, uh, bread. It was it was in reference to most of the bread that you can get at the grocery store. Oh shit! You
1: feel bad about insulting the bread or about uh, resorting to that crude language?
0: You know both because there is good bread at the grocery store. Um, yeah, there is, <laughs> and it doesn't deserve what I just called it. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah. kind of you. Yeah. So it's there's, it's better. It's the the amateur sourdough that you make, Charlie, will be better than a lot of the like I, perfectly decent I, and adequate bread. Grant, I
1: appreciate <laughs> the vote of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tweet a picture of it or something. <laughs> yeah. We actually had pizza made from this starter's cousin. Oh, that's really amazing! Yeah. Oh my god, it was
2: so good. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I want in my life. Yeah. Sourdough crust, yeah. Awesome. So we quickly segued from creating software to creating music to creating bread. I'm I'm curious. Do you guys think that there are people who are creative and people who are not creative? Like, is this a model of the world that you have, that some people enjoy creating things, and they'll equally enjoy creating bread, music, software, whatever their like collection of things is, mm-hmm. and there are other people who more oriented around consumption, or just like non creation.
0: So, I guess for the so like for the purposes of this, like our definition of creative is like one who enjoys enjoys Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even if
2: they're not cool. prolific, if like derive pleasure out of making something that they immediately throw away, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's a creative person. Yeah,
0: I think that I I don't think I've met anyone. Who I really feel, given the opportunity to do either, like would just like generally prefer consuming uh like at all times.
2: You know, empirically, like Netflix is doing really well. Netflix is doing really well, yes. Gaming gaming (laughs) is taking off.
0: And I think that, well, I mean, I think that there are probably some games that like I would define as creative. And you know there are certainly forms of consumption that I think are very worthwhile Um, and yeah you know enriching and valuable. Um, Clearly, I think you know if 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 like everyone was just making something all the time, making shit all the time, um, and like never looking at what other people made, I feel like that's probably worse than everyone doing a bit of both, right? Uh, for, for sure, yeah.
2: I, like, I don't mean to, to be disparaging or like, suggest that there's one one true way, but I'm curious if you feel like, like if your model of the world um, includes the fact that some people enjoy creation and some people I enjoy...
1: I think creation. some people are more inclined to be tinkerers and sort of experimental in the various things. So like picking up various projects, putting them down, uh, but probably everyone in their life has something that is their area of like creativity and maybe it's making that sandwich in the morning or something yeah. it's like a little private little spat of creativity that they allow themselves and maybe the rest of it they're mm-hmm. you know they're enjoying uh, the latest season of whatever on Netflix while they're eating that sandwich but like, I think it's in not make sure to, uh, yeah.
0: no, to like, find, find your way you're consuming <laughs> yeah you can do both this thing, yeah, this I'm same. creating to <laughs> consume yeah um, yeah I think my model of the world definitely includes people who enjoy creating yeah I mean I think like um you know to 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 like make something in your own image right I mean to like sort of I, I'm now picturing a sourdough that looks just like wine. yeah <laughs> you know it's kind of weird um yeah, you, spend a lot, you spend enough time indoors in your pajamas and like, your food just does start to look like you um, <laughs> uh I mean, yeah I think that just like the act of, of um, I guess I have I don't know yeah I think I, I, I imagine that a lot of people um, would just like enjoy the opportunity to say I'm going to I'm going to make this thing the way that I want to make it right like here's a chance for me to like, impose my values on the world and,
2: um, and so uh, even very creative people are only creative about certain things like uh, I feel like I'm pretty creative uh, when it comes to using technology but I've never had the impulse to dance I mean I just don't dance (laughs) Uh, so my next question is do you feel like to be a successful or maybe better word fulfilled software engineer you need to enjoy the act of creating software. Like you enjoy making music now. There's no one who's encouraging you to make music. This is just you want to go home and make music. Um, and you also enjoy writing software, maybe not as much as music right now, um, but at other times, probably more than making music. Yeah, and sure. certainly, yeah, to, to a great extent, yeah. there are a lot of people coming into the industry now yeah. who do not have that kind of feeling towards software. Who want to make 200k a year? Uh, what are your thoughts on the like? Yeah. On that.
0: Um, I think that uh. I think it's generally a whole lot easier to be good at the thing you're doing when you enjoy it, but not everyone needs that. Right. I think some people are maybe intelligent enough or have spent enough time already doing it. That they can make two hundred k a year uh, um, without having to try that hard. And I guess without having to like put in the kind of effort that would be extremely painful if you didn't enjoy the act. Um, and so I think like maybe it's worth trying to get an idea of like where you are on that spectrum, um, so that you can properly weight like your it of the thing, so that you can properly. Decide like, you know, okay, well, I enjoy it this much. Like, um, what does it actually mean for my sort of of well? There's like, there's like,
1: I hate doing it. This is miserable. I hate debugging. This is the worst. Mm -hmm. There's like, I really like it, and then there's like, I really, I don't even know if this is the right spectrum, but there's, I really like it. I'm just bored of it. Mm -hmm. And I think then the sort of thing you set up, Oz, it's probably gonna be problematic for people who just fundamentally don't like the activity of whatever their job happens to be mm. that that probably doesn't make for a happy employee or a good workplace but you like as Grant's saying like maybe it's fine to just get something and you can do it well you're just bored to tears by it mm-hmm. and you keep doing it that that's that's not how i would want to live my work life <laughs> sounds <but it's> not <laughs> right. very sad good
2: but yeah yeah i mean I, 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 I think there's there's a to your first point there's a calibration question as well and um uh, Mihaly Mihai, the guy who wrote the book uh, Floor has a really um, graphic way of thinking about this which I'll try and verbalize uh, but if you imagine like a two-dimensional grid where on one axis you have uh, the difficulty level of a job and on the other axis you have your skill level then you want to stay in this narrow diagonal band where if, if the Skill. If your skill level more or less sure. matches the, the job's difficulty, then you can remain in the flow state. If it is too difficult for your skill, um, then you're overwhelmed by stress. If it's too easy, you're overwhelmed by boredom. Mm. Uh, and so you've got to kind of navigate the. Like, like video, video game design it is absolutely yeah absolutely like you don't want to get too good too quickly and outpace the challenge uh, ideally the challenge is growing with you and so you're staying in this, this narrow band and this is how you're, you're still having fun with it so I, I think someone who like enjoys um, uh, playing sport let's say uh, can find themselves in the wrong part of this this, this chart but that's not the, the thing that I'm concerned about I'm concerned about people who just have not enjoyed writing software ever uh, but are doing it because it's a it's a good living.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't do
2: it. I'm not saying uh, that they they should make money and feed their families and so on. But uh, there's so many people in our industry who actually enjoy like absolutely love like lose track of the time, make a cup of tea, start programming, and five hours later they realize they've got a full ice cold cup of tea on their tables. yeah. And well, those way, are the people that, that they're competing with right. at some point. Well, I think it's a problem of the schools over-promising
1: to people who are looking for something and seeking something. And like you could paint, it's sort of like the same problem that happened with the for-profit universities, mm-hmm. like the University of Phoenixes and things yeah. like that, that are like... Phenises. The Phoenicians. Yes. <laughs> that might make us... Oh, the Phoenicians. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's better. But like they're, they're making promises about what that'll do to people's careers and... There's not a lot of follow-through in terms yeah. of like what are people actually learning. Yeah. So, I think there's probably some folks in this category you're talking about who have like made their way into software engineering, in a path where they didn't really understand what they were getting into. But.
2: Yeah, I guess it shakes out. Yeah. I guess they find kind of ancillary kind of jobs. Lots of them become product managers and so on. But, um, but I, there's, I really, a, it's there's a literacy good. that is valuable. I
1: think no matter what, because like, sure. yeah, you can come in sure. and make like you can do a boot camp or something, and then you can become a UX designer or a customer support type person and just like frankly speaking the, ling- the lingua franca of I don't know if that's the right way to say that but like the sort of like lexicon of our times oh, that's super valuable uh, and you don't have
2: to be an engineer for sure for sure yeah the thing I'm the, the thing that I keep thinking about is whether software engineering is inherently a more creative industry whether um Mm. inherently it uh, allows for people to enjoy their work more get into flow states more um and feel through their work the kind of thing that you might feel through music or cooking or something like that Mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, professions conventional professions that are attracting the same kind of uh, salaries that that's what i think is potentially an interesting um divergence that we see where being like a doctor or a lawyer well being a surgeon is one thing you, you can't get that flaw as well um, but for a lot of the conventional you know being a management consultant or an accountant or something these are they used to be similar levels of, of prestige maybe now they're law and prestige and software engineering um, uh, and they don't seem to be like innately created to the same the same level of suffering. Okay, so
1: i've met, I've had to do some of these like three oh, statement yeah. models oh, at Morgan like Stanley, and yeah. it's software engineering. You have this like super complicated spreadsheet where uh-huh. you're balancing like the cash flow statement, and this feeds into the balance sheet, which is driven off of the income statement. And if you make like one error, the whole thing like ex- refs out and explodes. And to like wrap your mind around how all these different files are working and how That's all these it. things trigger, and how you can like goal seek to find these things. But I mean, frankly, like a lot of the software engineering stuff, is like ten times easier than even managing that one spreadsheet. The,
2: the, so that's, uh, right. so I don't know that. The, to, the, not to derail the conversation, but did you guys see the article today about um, the, the general article that was going around saying that uh, some absurd percentage, like ten percent, twenty percent of um, papers in genetics were found to be flawed because. Uh, the researchers would put the data in Excel to do the analysis, and certain uh, genes were interpreted as uh, timestamps. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like oh. a fl- a <laughs> is literally twenty percent. Oh my We're gonna have yeah. to put this link in the show notes because it's just one out like of five. Open. Yeah, one out of five.
1: Yeah. What? Is, so they should
2: have like an Excel, like
0: geneticist edition. Yeah. That- just like that just does off as soon you it. turn it off. Like, yeah, that tells you to a Python, Python as soon as you unload it. Right, right.
1: This is that same prop to fully connect the dots. This is the same problem like of Ruby, where you're giving people ultimate power and flexibility, and then they just like <laughs> can really shoot themselves in the foot by that. Because yeah. Excel's, you can do insane things with Excel. So I, before I even knew what a database was, I knew a database. Yeah, but I don't
0: know those things. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think you are very wrong. I am open to being. Oz, is this like something that you've, I guess, to go back to this point of um, of like, maybe people entering the industry because they're more financially motivated. I guess mm-hmm. this is something that you like personally are observing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Over, the, over the last five years, um, from when boot camps are still not very well regarded, mm-hmm. sort of, to now where it's like, they're established institutions, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of people who are like explicitly motivated by the by the comp mm-hmm. or lifestyle aspects like work from home. Yeah. Um uh we just realized technology companies uh offer a better overall proposition for, for someone coming into the industry. Um and yeah, I mean if 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 the boot camps were like uh about getting into finance, I feel like I'd differently about it because um you know that's the entire proposition and maybe you're going to succeed if you're financially motivated and that's the whole point sure. well what I, think I think it's
1: nice it's, that the tech companies have allowed they don't have the traditional gatekeepers for sure a finance or management consulting thing like uh they just haven't set themselves up for that so i like that tech has allowed itself to be Accepting of non traditional industry sure. that these other industries haven't.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's not, um, yeah, I think that's that's unequivocally a, a positive thing. But maybe what happens is that um, this means a lot of people can go and start those jobs, and then a year or two to end, you start to find those who um, yeah. like or don't like their work, and it just shakes out and it's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so maybe it's not a problem at all. I, I just feel like getting back to what you said Charlie uh, maybe this increases the um, the burden on these institutions yeah. to uh, be clear with the students about like what it takes to succeed not just at getting your first job but at having longevity in the industry Yeah. Wh- when you're competing against people who really love the stuff yeah, and really w- would do it if they weren't paid for it
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I do agree that that's something that um, boot camps are they that just never comes up well, yeah, they're so
1: they're super focused on getting that first staff, right. like getting the whole class hired. But yeah. and I think they have, at least Hack Reactor has attempted some like reach out on the alumni side to to see, but like a, it's hard to do. It's hard for them to really have a coherent strategy around like the long term careers of folks versus yeah. getting them in the door. Maybe their job is enough at just getting folks in the door, uh, and hopefully they've given you enough foundation to be able to be exploratory with it. Like, yeah. Like, well, I mean,
2: I always respected Dev Bootcamp for, for this. They um, uh, they would treat themselves as explicitly the first step. They would talk about uh, this idea of being a lifelong beginner um, and you know, cultivating curiosity and learning more. And So they were very clear about it. And then Hack Reactor, at least in the early days when I was more exposed to them, um, were more on the side of saying, this is it. Like this is what this is all you need. This is as good as a university education, yeah. um, and it's not really talking about what would happen subsequently. I was going. Um, okay, so my take on it was when I was
1: working at that tech company that after Morgan Stanley, and I was more in like a sales role. I, I wanted to teach myself programming. Like I, I would did, did a little stuff with like Arduinos, and then like for a while I'd be really into Python, and then something would come up at work, and I'd forget about it, and then I did a little iOS stuff, and. I didn't know what I didn't know, mm-hmm. and I didn't have any sort of guideposts, and I think the hack reactor message for me, I'm curious what you think, Grant, was like, here's a scaffold of the things you need to learn to get employed, and here's also, like, we're putting you in a, so, one, scaffold, two, group of highly motivated people who all mm-hmm. want to learn that sort of co-work thing, and then three, work ethic. You get what you put into it, and hopefully, with those things combined, you have this sort of tool set that can get you into the industry, and then allow you to feel like okay i, I do have more of guidance around like what are the weird areas of interest i want to explore next like granted so hacker actor for me kind of achieved that yes they maybe can say like goodbye as soon as i get that first job but, but maybe that's not their job but maybe that's not their role they get me that job they give me these tools and i can move on and like build my career based on that
2: so i i feel like they're um they believe genuinely Telling the students that they do provide the framework for the subsequent continuing education in uh, in technology, and they don't, in fact. And Grant did not pick that up at Hack Reactive, in fact. Uh, and there were there were topics, entire areas that he didn't realize were entire areas. Um, and well, so they he- don't spend enough time on it. You spend you do databases, at least we did for like hmm. a day. But it's like a database is like write SQL. It's not databases like understand the query planner and query execute and what a database engine actually is. Um, you know, you talk about tools that are related to distributed systems. You don't talk about distributed systems concepts. You talk about algorithms in the context of solving algorithmic problems for, uh, for interviews. There's much more to it than that. So, and that's totally fine. I just uh, wish they were explicit about how much of that they're actually exposing you to because um, there's an implicit like uh, uh, dig at conventional universities, yeah. But conventional universities do actually a very good job of this. Where you go to Berkeley, and you know, if you're lucky and you're motivated and so on, you are exposed to all these things really well. And you may not recognize that for 10 years, but I think, yeah, Hack Reactor, I think, has like, and I guess, like
0: any boot camp um, yeah I would say that probably any boot camp in this category has a lot of incentive to just like get as many people uh like get as many people to give them money obviously as possible um uh but then like get them all the way through right um, and when their primary metric is like percentage of graduates who get jobs Words like, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to think back to like my experience there, and there certainly was not a lot of like, oh, by the way, there's like all this other stuff over here. Um, we're not going to cover it right now, but like you should know about it because like, it might come up. You might be interested in it later. Um, it very much was like, you know, we uh, we're just going to get you a job right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it didn't worry it speed dates you through all these topics that if you really do dig this and you are the person who like loves engineering you should dig into these things further but maybe that's not maybe that's not the explicit contract and I think maybe they should be more clear like we are giving you the speed dating version of this but do they even do
2: that do they like speed dating through compilers or something no they don't systems? They, no they don't do
1: everything but they do enough of the important <laughs> things I think to get you that job and then get you in and then you're kind of SOL unless you find something like You know, uh, a mentor at work, like a nice library or like a teach yourself CS type thing where you can like, oh, wow, it's true. I really don't have any understanding other than like like what I'm doing and making this React component right here. So um, I I'd say this all being like, I'm very satisfied with what Hack Reactor did for my career to make me go from what I was doing before to the place I am now. Uh, I don't think they over promised. I think they like exactly delivered and provided the like way for me to do that. But maybe other people are interpreting it differently and maybe they're blustering in their marketing speak in a way
2: that uh I mean there seems to be pretty good customer satisfaction. Generally. Yeah. Yeah. So but I like I think people want the first job and that's what they Yeah. But a kind of side effect is that it's potentially that you're in your first job, and you don't realise that there's more that you could learn. Mm-hmm. And um there was a missed opportunity someone at HackerActor could have said we're not going to do this because it's not a priority but there is this whole field mm-hmm. and you might want to come back to it in five years and the universities do a really good job of that
0: yeah I think maybe one thing that can be said for like all these different paths is like you um, you I mean, you just don't know until you do the thing right like yeah even if you go to um, before your program um like I you know to your point about like you know we're having a lot of you're observing a lot of people just sort of like going through these programs and um like working for a little bit and then it shakes out maybe they discover that they don't they don't like it um yeah maybe like in a in a few years um however long it takes like um you know demand will slow down and supply like will catch up enough that like that just won't be possible mm-hmm. that, like um there will be enough competition where someone who's only been doing it for three four months like that just like won't, it won't be feasible for them to get mm-hmm. their first job and so like everyone going into the industry will have to like think a little bit harder um and like ask themselves these questions uh but yeah right now i mean, like if the market will support it, then <laughs> yeah maybe you're gonna do it um uh, and and use that first job maybe as like witness test i think i was definitely like, well, if I invest, um, you know, twelve thousand dollars in three months, um, I can then see for myself, like, if this work is, I
2: mean, it's a way better strategy than going As to a school or something <laughs> stupid like that. Great, <laughs> 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 right, great. Right. Also, I think the tech jobs it's a, it's a better quality of life
1: generally. It's like yes. you, you want free food, you want to dress like a sixth grader and go to the office, like, this is the place to be.
0: Yeah, I feel like if, yeah, if you know, if. The like markets for these different like in different industries, whether um, you know, we're talking about lawyers or doctors or accountants or consultants or what have you, I think it's like probably clearly better for the employee if there are ways for them to get fast tracked into the industry um, and like do the work as quickly as possible, uh, with the assumption that like it might not be for them, yeah. and then all those people can be able to get read out and then you don't have and then you don't have like the sort of opposite scenario where like everyone in an industry just like regrets
1: are you are you concerned about folks having fulfilling careers is that like the root of this yeah.
2: yeah 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 it is I mean I, I love software engineering overall as an in industry I feel like it's one of the best possible combinations of being able to express yourself think about interesting systems Uh mm-hmm. Have an impact, like have leverage, um, but this is this is a promise that I think only makes sense if you, as someone looking at looking at this, yeah, are enjoying that that process. Like, if it were really, really lucrative to make sourdough, but you just did not enjoy it, <laughs> <laughs> you met someone who didn't enjoy sourdough. Would you push them to to do that? Like, would they be able to tolerate? being in a bakery with flour on their face and whatever mm. making sourdough <laughs> and hating it Yeah, I mean I don't want people to feel that yeah uh, like
0: short of you know fast tracking someone into a job um, like do you think there are things that maybe we should be doing more of um, to give People who are thinking about doing this kind of work, a better idea of like whether it's
2: suited, but whether they're like well suited to it. Good question. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I definitely, yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's mandatory computer science education in high school. I think sure this is the worst possible thing, and you get the like most perverted view of what it's like to actually yeah. write software. Yeah. Um, I think. I think the more that kids can like hack around with little things. I know there's no more MySpace, but like making your MySpace homepage pink, whatever. Um, And um, like new pets and stuff, like whatever it was that people, Minecraft, whatever it was that people were using to get exposed to building stuff, that's that's the best. Mm. It's like, we have more of that available and more people at a younger age can get a sense of what is the fulfilling creative part of writing software. Mm. And if that's the narrative, rather than, well, f- you know, first year, um, uh, like a fresh out of school uh, employee at Facebook makes 200K, um, then I think more of the right people are going to be in fulfilling jobs. Yeah, I agree. And I, but I think that
0: um, that issue is going to afflict any occupation that's in demand. Right. For sure. But because previously it was Wall Street
2: but see I think like during the junk bonds rise when anyone could get into bonds trading and um, everyone did like were there people who enjoyed it and people who didn't were there some people who found it like really creative and others have you read Liar's Poker <laughs> like it was just like a free-for-all it was like smoking cigarettes yeah, gambling okay. yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean but it, it seems like everyone was driven to make money Yeah, and so I, it was I, like I, a I, kind no, of no but there, I, there
1: is a there's like a thrill um, uh, about the work I think and you were like surrounded by I remember when I joined Morgan Stanley, it was like right in the financial crisis, and it's like, look at CNBC, and they're like talking about our stock price plummeting. I was like, oh, I'm at the center of this, yeah. and it, there's like, I don't know, there's like some weird.
2: But, but being do you at feel like only some people feel that thrill, and those are the people who are going to succeed, and other people adjust?
1: No, uh, I think you can. You don't need to feel the thrill. I think you can grind through it and just, <laughs> just feel because the money's there, <laughs> just feel like because the mm-hmm. money's there. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm, just, I just, I'm, sorry I I'm sorry, I just had a flashback.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that's what I suspect may be different about software engineering. That there's a, a wider range between the people who just love it and want to code overnight and just go to bed because there's multiple I think things to do, versus yeah. the careerists where I it's, yeah. it, it just—I mean, I don't want to denigrate accountants, but it seems like there's less of a, a spectrum there, um, and that more of the people see it as just you know a job. Uh, and, and mm-hmm. wouldn't do it for fun. Like, I, I see so many mm-hmm. people who, like... There's you know, creative accounting, Oz. <laughs> yeah. On Wall Street, too, if you're interested in that. <laughs> creative accounting. Yeah. Um, it, it's something that I've been... We should wrap up, so. it was Something that I've noticed is a lot of software engineers who make a little bit of money on, like, they get lucky with an IPO or something and um, retire and do open source work. Yeah. Or who uh, fantasize? and see people in the like financial independence subreddit all the time. Who software engineers who want to retire so that they can do open source coding. Like, what other industry has this? Where you want I'm to do this for free? And, yeah, I'm gonna make a lot of money now.
1: I bet someone who's um, like working in a garage probably wants to retire early so they can build, build a hot rod from yeah, scratch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I think I think that's. But I think you know working in a garage I think is comparable to software engineering. Well, I think, I think it's, it's all about
1: it. finding a system. A complex system that you can navigate in some way, and then uh, there are like, the spectrum is like how creative can you be versus like routine? Like a dentist navigates a complex system of your teeth, you don't really want them to be too creative, yeah. but then like someone's software is like more on the creative side of that system. But how do folks find the system that interests them that they can like offer this to someone else for economic value? Yeah, and it's hard. And like as you pointed out earlier, like when you're 16, how the heck do you know how the hell? Do you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> shit. Uh, shit. How do you know? Like, what is the right system for you to explore? Sure. And I think it's cool that I was able to choose a couple different times in my life. Yeah. I was very lucky. All right, we should wrap up. What's your favorite book? Oh
0: shit! What are you reading right now? you Can't say shit yet. This is yeah. the start yeah, no, yeah, okay. <laughs> of We haven't given the the, the cursed uh, disclaimer yet. Yeah. yeah. I favorite spoiler horn oh my goodness um you know this actually kind of ties into something that um you'll hear about soon I was thinking what
1: I don't know I thought it ties into something we already talked about yeah
0: (laughs) yeah that we're going to talk about imminently because we've agreed to talk about it and not that we've already talked about it um about sort of like the nature of software uh one book that I really enjoyed as a child and which I actually reread recently was um The Wizard Wizard of Earthsea uh, by Ursula K. Le Guin um and it follows a like, young mage in this world where magic is uh, and like magical power is predicated on knowing the names of things and like understanding, um, uh, understanding like the core essence of something, and thereby understanding his a name, and then um, uh, they're like thereby g- gaining power over it. And I think that that um, world really stuck with me as a kid, and I think, um, you know. To, to the Oz's future point, um, <laughs> that like perhaps there is something fundamentally different about um, programming. Like, I think it is one of the closest things to being a wizard that like I've encountered in my life. I think music's also up there, but but I think we've we've got this this system where you learn these arcane incantations, and if you speak them mm-hmm. right you get some like poisoned sand to do math for you and it's like pretty um pretty uh yeah I guess intoxicating when you're doing it for the first time um and yeah I think compared to a lot of things that uh I've done in my life
2: I think it is easier to reach a place uh,
0: that's a cover of SFCB right
2: it is yeah how I Wilson would do lectures with a wizard hat on
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, Damn. I mean, it's magical. Yeah. The this yeah.
2: stuff in the book is magical. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we have just like, yeah, yeah, we've like put some, put some lightning into into a, into a little rock. <laughs> <laughs>
2: to do for us. Yeah. If you see the right words, in the right words, half time. Yeah. Yeah. With a semicolon at the end.
1: With a semicolon. At the end. S- Thanks to our type checker that you're working on. <laughs> <laughs> All right.